Inside the Triangle, the Decker Truck Line Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Darren Ladley with Inside the Triangle. And today I have a guest from the Missoula Terminal. It's Matthew McConaughey. Now, girls, don't get excited because it is not the movie star Matthew McConaughey. Trust me, they don't look nothing alike. Oh, my God. So, Matt, you never get uh, called out on that, do you, Matt? Never. Never happened. Okay. People don't walk up on you in the street and go, my God, it's Matthew McConaughey. All right. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what is your official <laughs> title out there at the Missoula Terminal? So my official title out here is a fleet manager for the Western Division. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? A little over five years. Wow. Okay. And you've been with Decker the whole time, or is that uh, between you and uh, somebody else, or us and somebody else? So I've been with – yeah, it's just been with Decker, um, and then I've got probably – 12 years prior management before coming to Decker in the trucking industry or what were you doing? Nope. It was general management, um, in a couple of different industries actually. So this was my first stint with uh, trucking and so far so good. I love it. Okay. So what, so what brought you to trucking? I mean, if you were never in it before, I mean, this is not the area that most people go into. What brought you to us? So the, the opportunity to, to make a change, um, I was very unhappy, unfortunately, at uh, my previous job, and, and I, I wanted something new, kind of a fresh start, something that was going to challenge me, uh, something that I could work with good people. Uh, saw the position open up here in Missoula, got the chance to do a couple interviews for it, and um, once I came to the terminal here, met the operations uh, director at the time, and uh, it, it just was a perfect fit. So what was your background in? What kind of work? I mean, you said general manager, but I mean, what kind of, was it in fast food? Was it in radio? What was it in? So my, my last stint, um, I was a, uh, an area manager for holiday companies and I managed uh, six stores for them. So, uh, they're a convenience store chain based in Minnesota and, um, I managed their, uh, Western Montana and Northern Idaho operations. Wow, I didn't even know Holiday got out there. I was just actually stopped at a Holiday uh, last weekend, um, my way back from northern Minnesota. Uh, we see a lot of them up there in northern Minnesota. They're pretty, uh, if there's a resort community, there's a Holiday. Oh, yeah. So um, so you went from that into trucking. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I know you said, uh, I hear that you were, had a radio background too. So you were a DJ at one time or what'd you do? I, I did, and I still do, I should say. Uh, I do a lot of, um, in the summertime specifically, a lot of weddings and, um, you know, club events and things like that. I mean, very, very part-time thing. I mean, it's, uh, unless you live in New York City or L.A., it's kind of tough to make it full-time in that. But, um, and then I've done radio voiceovers for years. Okay. Um, and I'm similar. I know you're not taking my job. Um, so I'm similar. Uh, years ago, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I was actually doing uh, teenage club dances for a radio station here in town. And Katie's over there giggling because, yeah, you could see me out there shaking my groove thing as I was playing some Humpty Hump. Um, anyway, <laughs> yes, I'm old. Um, anyway, so what is your daily duties that you do from the beginning of the day to the end of the day? Kind of lay out what you do. Oh man, it's, uh, it's quite a bit. Um, you know, most, and in, in, if not all of what we do as fleet managers revolves, you know, primarily around the driver. 
Um, and then it, you know, deals with the customer, customer service side too. But when I come in in the morning, uh, probably the, the first thing that I do is, is I check my emails. I look to see if I have any drivers running late. If they do, you know, I dissect what's going on there, find out what's happening. And then I go through my fleet and run everything, uh, trip check everything to make sure that, you know, things are, are going to run smooth throughout the day. If not, then we, like I said, get a little bit more in depth on something like that and find out, uh, you know, what's going on, how we can correct it, um, and what we can do to make the situation better, get that freight delivered on time for the customer. So you work hand in hand with the customer service and the load planners. So um, what's the biggest challenge do you think that you face every day in what you do? Probably one of the biggest challenges is just having time to do everything. Um, you know, we have have a fantastic company here at Decker and they provide us with amazing tools to be able to do our job. And even without all the tools, though, it's, it's a lot to fit in a day. So making sure that, um, you know, we can get all the, the extra things that we need done. I mean, every driver that's on our fleet, we have to manage every aspect of that driver in the fact of, you know, CDL renewals and the fact of physical renewals, uh, making sure that their equipment's running correctly. If it's not, you know, what we do to make sure it's, uh, can we can get it running correctly. Um, and then obviously be there for the driver. Uh, that's, that's a huge thing. I mean, you know, we're the driver's pastor, we're the driver's, you know, uh, psychologist, we're the driver's, uh, friend and, and, you know, their manager. So it's one of those where we want to make sure we're there for them because they're doing a heck of a lot for us. Yep, they are. Um, and you're their lifeline to the company is what you are. Um, they talk to you more than anybody. Um, so how many, how many guys do you have on your board currently? Uh, 40. 40. Okay. And it's a mixture. The one thing about DM is, I mean, you have a mixture of personalities. Um, out of that 40 drivers, I mean, you could have the guy who, okay, when I drove, if you heard from me, there was something wrong. Other than that, just tell me what I had to do, do my job, leave me alone. Then you got the guys that uh, they need, let's just say they're new or they need a lot of help and you're on the phone with them quite. And you got the chitty chatty ones. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, come on, you get the guy that you got to finally say, Hey, I got things to do here. I got, I got other drivers. You got them, right? There you go. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody is a different personality and I actually take that back. I've got 35 drivers. 35. So right. I, I had to go and double check, do a little, little simple math, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you have, you do have uh, 35 different personalities. Uh, some drivers require a little bit more from, from us than um, than other drivers do. That's not a good thing, bad thing, or indifferent. Uh, it's just the different personalities. And, you know, one of the biggest things that the drivers need to know is that we're here for them. We're here as a reference for them to be able to help them complete the job. Uh, they're the boots on the ground. And, um, you know, it's uh, we need to provide them with all the support we can, but also servicing the customer at the same time. So, so tell us a little bit about the Missoula, Missoula Terminal. So you guys are kind of out there in the uh, great north. Um, it's very secluded, very rugged out there. Um, that terminal out there, what kind of people are you working with? I mean, give me an outlay of that terminal. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're located out about 10 miles uh, west of Missoula, so not quite in Missoula, but um, we're just out kind of a little bit past the airport here. Uh, we've got 15 acres out here, um, and then we've got the operations building. We have the shop. Um, it, it's a great atmosphere. I mean, I can look out the office window right now, and I can see nothing but mountains. Uh, it's just 
absolutely amazing. And I mean, it is a little bit rugged country out here, but it's great. Um, you just really can't ask for more than that. Okay. And then the, the type of running that the Missoula terminal does, it's a little bit different. I mean, we have our, our, you know, the Southern flatbed does their kind of thing out of Bessemer and, and the Midwest does theirs out of here. And, and you guys do a little bit, not a hundred percent, but a, you, you predominantly do uh, a different kind of running. What is the kind of running your guys do? You guys do most of the time. Well, the running that we have out of the Western division is uh, what's OTR over the road. Uh, we're the long haul uh, reefer division at Decker. So, uh, not that some of the other divisions may not do some long hauls and things, but our 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 average length of haul out of here right now is a thousand miles. So, uh, our guys like to to go all over the country, you know, taking whatever they're hauling, mostly meat, produce, uh, some frozen, and you know, take those things all over the country, uh, with the exception maybe the the far northeast. I mean, we pretty much go everywhere else. So, um, it's great, and I mean the. The staff that we have here um, is just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I've been to, to Fort Dodge, and uh, the staff there is unbelievable, too. And we're kind of a little family here, and uh, it's a fun atmosphere to work in. Uh, drivers, you know, dispatchers, fleet managers, directors. I mean, everybody is kind of on the same page with, with how we do things here. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a great atmosphere. I mean, I would highly, highly recommend it for anybody that's looking to, you know, get into the OTR game, um, you know, us right here out of this, this terminal, uh, it's unmatched, especially around here. Well, and I hear the same thing. That's one thing I, uh, out of, uh, the Bessemer terminal family, small, intimate, everybody knows everybody. We get out, we get together, we go do things. I mean, we're all part of this small little, I mean, everybody's part of the Decker family, but when you're in that office and there's only like what, 20 of you in there, I mean, you learn to really lean on each other and work together tight. Yeah. It's, and it's huge. I mean, it, it definitely is a very big family atmosphere. And, you know, I know personally that that's a, a huge thing that, that Don, you know, wants out of, out of Decker as a company. And, uh, we definitely have that here for sure. Um, you know, if I have any issues, anything like that, I mean, as long as my boss's door is open, I can always go talk to him anytime I want. Um, I can go talk to Jason anytime. Uh, we've got logistics people here, uh, safety people. We have, you know, all kinds of elements that are going into our business here. Um, and just a lot of really good people, good personalities. Uh, you know, we have a lot of fun, you know, the occasional paper airplane across the office type situation, but, uh, it's, it's a good place to work. <laughs> um, so I know one of the things that the West really hauls more than anybody is produce. Um, <clears throat> the cherries, the apples, the whatever lettuce. And it, so give me some insight on the produce hauling. I mean, what do you see? So one of the biggest things, I mean, we do a ton of produce out of Washington, California, Arizona. Um, produce is a little bit different game because it's it's loaded differently. The temperatures are different. Uh, it requires a different set of um, of eyes from the driver. And it, it's a huge business, you know, up here in the Northwest. And you think the Northwest and you think Washington and you're like, man, you know, produce all year round. Well, they have huge produce sheds up here and those sheds. Uh, have have the product year around, um, mainly apples, a lot of cherries. You get down into California, you're doing avocados, uh, pistachios, um, you know, all kinds of things down there. Arizona, you know, Arizona's got a lot of watermelons, and uh, you know they've got some uh, avocados and things like that down there. Tomatoes. Uh, we take a lot of uh, onions and potatoes out of uh, Idaho, 
<laughs> never would have thought that, right? Yeah, never. No word of an uh, Idaho potato. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, it's just a great game. I mean, we have uh, our, our our low planners here. I mean, run things just a little bit differently. We have account specialists that acquire the loads from the customer. We have low planners that plan them onto the trucks, and then of course, fleet managers review those and go over them with the driver uh, to make sure everything works. And with the produce loads, just like it is with meats, uh, they're time-sensitive loads and temperature-sensitive. So they require a lot of attention from the driver to keep an eye on things, making sure load locks are put in there. Uh, that's a huge, huge thing with the produce um, because if they have anything that's double-stacked, you don't want to have any incident where you go around a corner a little bit tight and it you know drops a, a bin of apples over him. It's never never good for anybody, but you know, thankfully we have good attentive drivers that – that work here and um you know the produce people are seem to be very nice people in the northwest that uh, that we work with and that's always a big plus well i know we even haul some trees uh so don't we have uh, some trees out of montana <laughs> isn't it that we haul we do we do we have a we have a, an account with a place just uh, north of missoula and uh we they do uh big like oh man i think they're like five six foot trees they're starter trees and we put those in uh, in a reefer box, um, and they get uh, however many they can get in there that works with the weight. Uh, we take them all over to job sites, you know, all over Montana. So when drivers get on those loads, you know, sometimes they have anywhere from six to ten stops, and they're dropping those off at job sites, and uh, it's it's pretty good loads. Well, I know years ago, I'm not sure if we still do or not, but and I've hauled a few of these loads myself. Usually, right around Mother's Day and Valentine's Day, we used to haul a lot of roses out of Texas. Um, I don't know if we still do that, but uh, that was always quite interesting haul too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I did see um, when I first started with that I did see some of those, and I haven't seen any lately. But uh, it doesn't mean we still don't do them. I just haven't seen any. Okay. What's the most rewarding thing that has happened to you experience-wise since you've been working here? What do you think? Probably, I mean, one of the most rewarding things is, is just being able to call up, talk to a driver, and see that the driver's happy. See that they're happy working for Decker, that they, you know, love the job, that they love, you know, working with the folks in our office. Um, you know, just seeing that level of happiness and that type of thing is hugely rewarding. I. I didn't know anything about the transportation industry coming into it. Uh, I didn't know anything about trucking and my eyes were wide open. Uh, after I started here, um, you know, everything that, that has uh, come to my house or this terminal or anything has been on a truck at some point in time. And that, that's a huge thing that I don't think people really realize when they look at anything that's in their house and just knowing that I helped to get that there in, in some way, shape or form and I have great guys that, that work, you know, with me to, to help do that process is hugely rewarding. And one of the other little guilty pleasures I get to have with, um, with Decker is doing the weather for the company. I absolutely love doing that. Um, it's a huge hobby of mine. I've been doing it for a while and, um, I love being able to, to send that news out there and be able to help out folks know what's coming and what may be ahead of them. Well, explain. I, I'm not even sure. You know, while you're blindsided me with that one. So, um, I mean, are you a storm chaser? Are you chasing tornadoes or earthquakes? Or, I mean, how are you doing? What What are you doing with the weather for us? So, I mean, out here, obviously, where I live, I mean, we're not not in uh, any tornado country out here, but we definitely do have a lot of earthquakes out here. Um, one of the biggest things that I do is I pay attention to the radar. Um, I I am actually a certified storm chaser. Um, I can't tell you that I have never chased a storm. <laughs> so, um, but I do a lot of forecasting and a lot of 
uh, just getting the information out there on driving conditions. That's probably the biggest thing. Uh, making sure drivers know when interstates or highways are closed, uh, when certain areas may be inaccessible. Uh, like last week, obviously, we had a hurricane that came through the south. I mean, it definitely shut down some interstates and some highways. And getting that information out and uh, letting our drivers know, hey, what's going on ahead of them and, and keeping everybody in the office informed so that they can further inform the driver is huge. Um, I just, I love doing it. Um, you know, it's been kind of a, just a fun thing that I got into uh, years ago just by paying attention to it. And uh, it's something I've been doing ever since. Okay. Well, I mean, I stood outside and watched tornadoes from not far away. I mean, that was a hobby we had when we were uh, younger and dumber, I should say. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> have you ever ridden or uh, taken a trip in a truck before? I have. I have. I, I've never taken a trip. Um, I've, I've rode in trucks several different times. Um, you know, and I had uh, kind of before the unfortunate happenings of COVID-19, I um, was scheduled to, uh, to go with a driver for a week. Um, and just see kind of what it's like out there on the road, just kind of regionally, but, um, you know, to, to be in the truck every day and see what they're doing and, you know, be out there, do the pre-trips and the post-trips with them and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was looking forward to that. So hopefully, you know, down the road in the future that happens. So uh, we used to do orientation out in uh, Missoula, and we haven't done it out there for a while. We've, mm-hmm. we've concentrated all here, and I know you would go in and you would meet your drivers face-to-face and everything. So um, mm-hmm. when you talk to a driver just coming on here for the first time, what do you talk about? When, we first, when I first talked to a driver, um, you know, I, I asked them, and I want to know what they want out of the company, you know, what they're looking for um, as far as rather than just a paycheck or they – looking for a career, you know, what do they want from Decker? What can Decker do for them and vice versa? Um, you know, finding out what's, what kind of makes them tick, what, you know, the things that they're into kind of get a little bit of a personal approach there. Um, and, and just get a, get a good rapport going, you know, I mean, first impressions, obviously you can only have one time. And I think that's huge, especially with drivers. Um, you know, we want to be able to keep good drivers here. Uh, we're not in the business of losing good ones. And that first impression, you know, can can really make the game. Oh, I, I believe it wholeheartedly. I mean, the problem we run into, and I've been I've been here at Decker for twenty years, and uh, I wish we could avoid all bad situations when a driver comes in, and and we bend over backwards sometimes. I mean, I hate to say this, but once in a while we'll have a guy get in a truck and. All of a sudden, the first week, we have truck issues. I mean, it's nothing we did. We prepared this truck. We did everything we can. It's just as a mechanical issue, but it leaves a bad taste in a driver. And you really got to work hard and and steady in order to keep that guy here. You know, but once he gets past that, he can become a long-term driver, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's that's huge. Um, you know, we, we as a company, I mean, we want to make sure that Everybody that's with us, you know, the drivers first and foremost is extremely happy in what they do. Now, obviously, there's only going to be a certain amount of happiness. I mean, you're always going to have a little bad with the good. But um, for drivers, we want to make sure that they know, hey, this is the company. Uh, This is where you want to be at. Uh, We try to provide them the best equipment that we can. Uh, Don spends a lot of money on equipment and gets us really good equipment. And that's that's a huge thing. Um, And then going in facing that head on when there are issues talking to the driver, talking through it with them, you know, going to driver services like yourself and Jason uh, that do an incredible job with helping us to make sure the drivers are taken care of. Um, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. And then with, you know, the upper management, I mean, I, I can't even count on one hand how many folks that are in upper management at Decker 
and even at, at my level of management that have CDOs, they have driving backgrounds. Um, unfortunately, I don't, but that doesn't make me any less able to to help the driver out to, to get them uh, where they need to be and, and get them into the right equipment and that kind of stuff. I want them to know that that we're here for them, and I, I think that's huge. Uh, thankfully, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, we have good equipment and we have good mechanics and, you know, try to, to get those situations taken care of if they arise. Well, I, I don't know. I, I wish all drivers could see what happens behind the scenes a lot of times of what we do for them. Um, you know, I sit on a committee morning, uh, meeting every uh, morning and retention is our number one issue. It is. Uh, the TCA uh, partnership that we've got going on and, and this meeting, I mean, we formed this group. It's been, I think, three or four years now. And we meet every morning and we really delve into. Now, can we make every driver happy? Can we take care of every issue? No, we can't. But if they could see what we do behind the scenes, um, it would just, they would be astounded. I mean, we bend over backwards and almost break our back sometimes in order to help drivers. Not everyone sees that and they have their own view, but trust me, guys, I see it every week. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a hundred percent true. I mean, you know, you go and you look at the, the industry standard for, you know, turnover uh, with, with just most companies around 110 to 120%. And, you know, we're, we're in that 70%. I mean, so obviously, you know, we're in the, the business, like I said before, of keeping good drivers and, and keeping guys as happy as we can keep them. I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect in this industry, but at the same time, if we can make it as good as we can, as tolerable as we can, we can help them out. And I think it's, it's just huge. Um, you know, we, we do have, you know, a lot of things to do here, but we have a lot of great technology, great equipment and things like that to help us get that job done. And yeah, it's, um, I love being able to, uh, to show a driver exactly the types of things that we do. And I, I think it opens their eyes a lot uh, with, you know, as much that uh, we do behind the scenes and that kind of thing. And, and it's an out of sight, out of mind thing. I mean, they don't get to see it every day, so they don't really know about it. But when they do get to see it, I mean, I, I think it definitely is, is humbling. Yeah. Uh, well, for instance, uh, we have a driver who's in orientation this week and um, his wife got sick while he was in orientation. And we said, Hey, get out of here. We got him home. Unfortunately, his wife passed away, and and but we were able to get him home, and then he gave him his time off, and he's back. And I just sat down with him on Monday, and he says, "My wife and everybody was so thankful for what you guys did." He said, "I'm here for as long as I possibly can." There's because of what you guys did for me. Not very few companies would ever do that. Yeah, and, and that's true. And my condolences to that driver, you know, for myself and everybody here in Missoula. I mean, that's never a good thing to hear but but decker will decker will absolutely 100 percent do that we will take care of our drivers we will make sure if they need to get home they're going to get home um you know it's it's a situation where everybody's human i mean we all have personal lives outside of the company and with this being such a family-oriented company um that that's a huge thing we want to make sure that the, that they're taken care of and we'll go that extra mile if need be for sure well, I got a question from a driver, Kevin Staley, and I just wanted, I want to talk to you a little bit about it. So uh, he has a topic of interest in the trucking industry, do's and don'ts. Uh, it's about the ever-growing lack of parking in America's truck stops today. Um, we need more parking so drivers can get their mandatory 10-hour breaks and the importance of good trip planning. So how do you deal with 
uh, shipper receiver. Cause you know, there's some shipper and receivers that just say, Nope, you're not parking here, you know, and you got to park down the road. I mean, how do you handle just that end of it with the drivers? Well, it's always, it's always a tough game because there, there never is enough parking out there. And it, it seems to be unfortunately, uh, disappearing, uh, faster than new parking is coming available. And it's never a good thing to see in the industry. So we work as much as we can with shippers and receivers to, uh, say, hey, if they don't have on-site or overnight parking, where's the nearest place that you can park, um, you know, without fear of getting ticketed or towed or anything like that. They're pretty good with working with us. But with the technology tools that we have and we're able to use here, um, it, you know, the, it makes the battle a lot easier. We're able to find parking spots for drivers, places for them to park. Uh, sometimes it's not the most ideal place, but we're able to find it for them. Um, you know, some states are going, uh, like Montana, where I live, is going the extra mile. And they're actually building new rest stops and, and new uh, things like that versus most states who are actually taking those out right now. Uh, Wyoming, this last uh, this fiscal year, uh, closed 10 truck stops across I-80. And that's a huge, huge area that trucks go through. So that's just 10 places that drivers can't stop and, and take their, you know, their break safely anymore. So, um, like I said, with the tools that we have, uh, we definitely do everything we can to find that spot for them. And it's a partnership, you know, between us and the driver. Um, you know, we need each other to succeed. And if we don't, uh, uh, we don't have that, then it makes the job a lot tougher. Well, I know uh, here oh, last January when I went down to, uh, or actually it was Christmas time, I went down to Florida. Um, I've talked about this. Uh, one of the perks of our job is I get to pull the Iowa State uh, football truck. And so I, I had a tough job. I had, I, had to, I had to go to Orlando for a bowl game and go to Disney World. I mean, it's a tough gig, but in, somebody's got to do it. In the wintertime, too. That's yeah, awesome. In the wintertime, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I, I pre-planned my trip way ahead of time, and I, and I used uh, – paid parking spots and they were great Mm -hmm. except boy i mean you could see that adding up fast at i think it was like 15 Mm -hmm. bucks a night um and and i've noticed now and and i believe that the hours of service has a lot to do with this you know when the sun goes down at five o'clock you better be finding a parking spot because everybody else is um they only want to drive during the daylight hours and and it gets tough i mean do you hear about this Oh, I hear about it a ton, uh, especially anytime you get out outside of any kind of metro uh, area, especially in the United States, um, you know, Seattle, L.A., Dallas, Houston, uh, Chicago, any of those places. Yeah, if you're not there by the late afternoon, uh, your chances of finding those spots are, are a lot more slim. Um, but thankfully, we're able to find some more stuff for the drivers, like some rest stops and maybe smaller mom and pop truck stops and uh, different areas like that. In fact, actually, there's, you know, in some of the bigger cities, some Walmarts have truck parking, uh, which kind of blows my mind. But uh, that, but trip planning is huge. I mean, knowing when you need to, to shut down, where you're going to park, where you're going to take your half-hour break, uh, it's the name of the game. I mean, that can, you know, that can spell success or failure. And, you know, it uh, is definitely a huge thing to do. And that's what we're here to help. I mean, we've got a lot of technological programs that we can use to, to help out with that and help find that, that parking in the, the available spot for him to shut down. And, um, you know, the drivers are extremely patient. Uh, that's, that's a huge thing is finding that, uh, that patience that allows us to be able to help them out. 
Well, I know I just read an article and it was a month or two ago. Uh, there's a gentleman down on I-44 down in Missouri that his dad was a truck driver and he had this basically, maybe it was an old truck stop, it was an old field. And he just opened it up to, because he knew what the parking issues were, and he just opened it up to drivers to be able to come in there and park um, and to alleviate some of the problems. Because um, like when COVID first hit, I, I couldn't believe Nebraska was shutting down you know, rest areas. I mean, it's bad enough trying to, they don't have that many and as many trucks that go across I-80. I mean, don't be shutting them down. Where are these guys going to park at? I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, Iowa, yeah, exactly. You know, Iowa, they took out some of their scales, but at least luckily they turned them into parking areas. They don't have services, but they have parking mm-hmm. areas. And I want to see more and more places do that. I think that would help a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And then Montana did the same thing. They took out a lot of uh, scales on secondary highways in areas like that that just really didn't need them and they they did the same thing they turned them into to truck parking and, and allow guys to park there uh, in fact actually we have an old scale that is right next to our terminal and we have guys that that park there all the time and, and it's it goes to show that those truck stops get filled up really quick because within a half mile of here we have four major truck stops and we still have guys parking at that that old way station quite often so um you know, it definitely uh, continues to be an issue through the country, and hopefully, uh, it's something we can turn around. Because, like I said, uh, truck drivers are the lifeblood of this country, um, and they bring, you know, things to us. And then, you know, we we can't do without that stuff. So, uh, hopefully, we can we can change that going forward. Well, times have changed. I mean, there was many uh, back when I was driving, and it's been quite a while since I've done full time. Um, so I'm out of the game a little bit. You know, what I do on the weekends is nothing what these guys are putting up with. I'm actually hoping uh, when we get uh, GeoTab fully installed, um, I am going to actually take a week and go out in the truck uh to just get a taste of it again and see how GeoTab works. Um, but, you know, I, I used to used to just pull up on a uh, exit ramp, you know, and I'd take a break there. Nowadays, you can't even do that. They made that illegal, which, you know, I don't get, but I, I don't make the rules. Yeah, exactly. And the, the exit ramp thing yeah, has been a huge um, uh, point of contention, uh, especially for states like uh, California uh, here in the last year. And they, they say it's, it's a safety issue. And I, I can, I, I mean, I don't really see that, but um, yeah, I mean, it definitely takes uh, spots away from the drivers. Um you know, when we do get GeoTab in, uh, that, that's going to be an absolute game changer, uh, especially with uh, versus the Qualcomm. Uh, it's going to be a night and day difference and uh, much easier to use, and it's just going to be great. All righty. So we're going to move on to a little part we call rapid-fire questions, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, don't think about it too much. or well, I guess you can. Um, <laughs> you're, I got five of them here for you, Okay. All right, number one, yeah. your best vacation spot. I'm going to have to go with Yellowstone National Park. Okay, when was that? Uh, last summer. Last summer, okay. I was out there three years ago. Um, what did you enjoy the most? Oh, man, it, it's so beautiful there. Uh, just, I mean, all the sites, just seeing all the sites and all the geothermal activity being kind of a weather buff, uh, that's a huge, huge thing. <laughs> um, it, but it, it's just, just beautiful, but more more than anything, um, probably my favorite thing about the whole trip was getting to spend undivided attention with my wife. So that was probably the, the biggest thing without all the hustle and bustle around us. Oh, brownie points. Make sure she <laughs> listens. Uh, do you have kids, Matt? I don't. You don't. Okay. So did you camp nope. out there or what did you do? Yep. 
we took our camper with us and went down there and they've got a ton of different, uh, you know, campgrounds and things like that. We camped right outside the park. Um, and then we just go into the park every day and enjoy the sights and scenery. Yeah. We camped in Cody and then, uh, went in every day. So, oh, okay. Sure. All right. Number two, favorite band or concert. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with in, in <laughs> some people may know this and they may not, but, um, 94 was my first concert I ever went to. I was 14. So that's, that shows you I'm kind of old, but, yeah, old. uh, <laughs> stone temple pilots was who I saw in 94 and to this day, still the best concert I've ever seen. Wow. Awesome. And you were 14. I was 14. Okay. I think I saw Barbara Mandrell when I was 14. So that's how old I am. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, if you were going to the electric chair, okay, what would your last meal be? Oh man, I'm definitely gonna have to go with prime rib on that. Okay. Now do you kill it yeah. or do you eat it while it's raw in between? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go more towards, more towards the raw side, All right. but yeah, it's definitely got to be bloody for sure. All right, cool, cool. Um, number four, Ford, Chevy, or Dodge trucks? Oh, man. You know, I, I up until like a week ago, I would have told you Ford, hands down, because uh, I've had several of them. But unfortunately, I turned to the dark side and bought a Chevy last week. Ooh. So, um, <laughs> Jason's yeah, so I kind of threw the whole thing off. <laughs> oh, he, he sits there and he, he kind of like stares at it out the window. And, um, no, I, I, you know, and I really like it. Uh, but I, I don't really have a preference, honestly. Okay. Is it a Duramax or did you go gas? I went gas, uh, just because my camper, I, I don't really need a Duramax. I don't need something that, you know, it, that tows quite that much. Okay. All right. Um, last question. Is Jason as good a fisherman as he says he is? <laughs> well, I, I, I'll put it to you this way. I've, I've never seen, well, no, I guess I have seen him uh, fishing out here. We have a permanent water pond at the DOT substation next door. I have seen him out there trying to wrangle some stuff out of that. But other than that, though, uh, I I don't, I don't see any pictures of fish in his office. So I I don't know. It's That's kind of a toss up there i've seen pictures of his boat i've seen pictures of him in it but i ain't never seen a picture of him catching it yep. so he keeps telling me yeah we were supposed to come out there this year and he was going to take me fishing and all that but uh thanks to covid it never happened so um well it, yeah and i saw a picture of him in his boat too but it was a picture of him in his boat in his yard <laughs> so i don't know if that counts <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the weather out there. Snow is not too far off. And uh, give me a call if you ever need anything, okay? All right, sir. Sounds good. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to Inside the Triangle. Don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you will know when the new episodes drop. And remember... Submit your questions to podcast at deckermail.com and you could be featured on one of our upcoming episodes. The best way to do this is to create a voice memo on your smartphone, record your question, and email it to podcast at deckermail.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Stay driven to be the best.